I want to hear your theory, and it's a complex topic. It's there's a million different factors, but why men in America are complete and total pussies? Because the reality of it is, right now, American men. I mean, we touched on this a little bit with Kayla last week. American men are on the pussification chart. We're we're at the crest. We're at the peak. And I don't know if it. I I don't know that it can get any worse before society corrects itself. Maybe it will get worse. But what do you think are some of the most, the biggest key factors? Okay, I forget what when this happened. I think it was. It started having an effect in the mid 80s to early 90s but i don't know the exact dates okay so they did some school surveys and they were looking into studies and test scores and they realized that um girls were underperforming in school they were like okay we need to fix this girls need to be caught up you know this Mm -hmm. isn't right yeah and the so they they came up with a bunch of programs and they and you know men and women are different so they no. made yeah right they they had different kinds of lessons to appeal to both the boys and the girls but more to the girls and the subjects they were weaker in now see i thought you know when you said that there was a disparity between the boys and the girls i thought well pff, duh patriarchy duh <laughs> the conspiracy of patriarchy that's what creates the fucking divide right yeah i have no idea why that happened like i mean i was joking about those i know i know i was kidding or i was just going with the joke and trying to be serious i mean to be fair there was you know if we're talking about the 80s uh there probably was still lots of traces of the patriarchy actually it's it's just it's absurd when you say that shit make those accusations in 2017 80s okay yeah there, there, there you got a case there Maybe. But anyway, so they reform schools and lesson programs. And I hate saying reform schools (laughs) because that sounds bad most of the time. But they made lessons more accessible to the females. And then the girls caught up. They were like, okay, this is working. But part of the way they had helped the girls get better in school was by encouraging them and saying, oh, you can do anything a male can do. And, you know, you shouldn't be judged for your vagina and all that stuff. I don't think that was a saying they used in grade school. (laughs) But, you know, don't let anyone ever get you down because you're a woman and all that stuff. All the good stuff. Girl power. Yeah. So they were empowering girls in school. And then once they caught up, they should have been able to like streamline it and also realize that that wasn't the best way to do it because they also were putting in the girls are better than the boys. You know, that's not good. And it is good. It is good to build a child's confidence and self-esteem in school. But anyway, then the education system changed where it was almost exclusively slanted towards the girls instead of having things that went both ways. And so that's kind of how the schools have been for so long. And then the teachers who grew up in that original system where they were empowering the girls started teaching. And the way they were taught was to like 
be all girl power and Spice Girls and all that stuff. And then it just, with successive generations and all of it, and now boys' test scores are extremely low and they're being taught lessons about um, male privilege and patriarchy and that they need to apologize to women and they can never hit a girl and just all this horrible stuff that's making them not be masculine, not want to be masculine because masculinity is seen as bad. Yeah. And they're also like losing their want to do well in school and, and boys are still ahead in math and science. And there's always been a gap in that because men tend to be better at math and science because their brains are better for it. And women tend to be better at like English and history because their brains are good for that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And males are still ahead in math and science, uh, but they are so far behind, even farther behind than the girls were now in all the other subjects. It's getting ridiculous. And more males drop out of school than females. And there are more females going to college and graduating. Well, that's the thing. The the alarming thing to me, because I've done a lot of research on this. I did a lot of papers in college. Uh, There's a great book called Saving the Males. I can't think of the author's name. Um, Is that Christina Hoff Summers? I'm not going to commit. It might be. I just know it was called Saving the Males, and the cover was a picture of a guy drowning. But, um... No, th- this is something that I'm well versed in, and th- the alarming thing to me is when the um, when women started to overtake men for achieving bachelor's degrees. Like I'm not sure what the numbers are now, but when that you know that gap started and started to widen, the the brakes were never applied. Nobody ever went, okay, um, wait a minute, hold on, what the fuck's going on? Because and and and, and the parallels with you know women versus men. There's a lot of parallels with that between, you know, black versus white race relations in the country in the sense that there's a lot of revenge fantasy and revenge excuse that, you know, oh, well, now you know how it feels. Fuck off. And it's like, you know, that's that's not a quality. A quality is not, you know, oh, well, you had your turn. Now you're fucked. Suck a dick. No, that, that that's not how a quality works. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And in all actuality, if you have been a victim of some crime or some system, you shouldn't want or have experienced something horrible. You shouldn't want anyone, even the person who did it to you, to experience the same kind of thing that you did. Egg fucking exactly. Big And I don't get where this mentality comes from, where people want to seek out revenge. And that's... Well, I think think a lot of it has to do with most of these people, and I am going to say most of these people. Most of these people haven't experienced anything on the scale of actual discrimination and actual oppression. These people inflate tiny little instances in their life where somebody looks at them the wrong way. Oh, that's because you're a racist. Oh, that's because you're a sexist. They create this shit in their head and then they get really defensive because they know that it's predicated on horseshit. It's a foundation of horseshit. You get what I'm saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. I, uh, I heard this somewhere, and I don't know where I heard it. It's called, like, a want to be oppressed. It's like oppression deprivation that they have, and people actually crave that. Yeah. And they want to, and it, it's wanting to be a victim and mm-hmm. getting your victim points. 
and it's like it's it is the oppression olympics they want that that sympathy and a lot of college students want to go fight for something. Young people want to fight for something. I mean, the, 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 they'll make up things to fight for. The terrifying thing is, is like, you know, I grew up kind of with the mentality, even though like when I was younger, I was Democrat. Then I was, you know, my politics shifted as I grew. But I always in the back of my mind kind of thought that, you know, there's left and there's right. There's Democrat, there's Republican. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But I'm at a point now where I've lost complete faith in that. If you look at the foundations of the Democratic Party now, literally the only thing they have to go on is victimhood. That's it. You know, you, no one can fucking look you straight in the eyes without laughing or smiling and say, which party is the party of hard work, perseverance, and, you know, um, working hard? Well, no, no one can well, look you in the eyes and say, oh, that's the Democrats. Fuck off. Like, no. <laughs> if the, the Democrats are the party of blame other people for your fucking problems and your why you haven'ts. It's, you know, just bl blame it on other people. That's literally what the the party is, that, that, that's the foundation of the party at this point. <laughs> well, if you want to get started on the foundation of the party, the party was founded to keep slavery going. Well, yeah, that too. But, and, but, but that's not that's not completely fair, because, I mean, the, the, the party politics they, have shifted dramatically. No, no, they actually haven't. That's a myth. The switch never happened. What do you mean by that? Because the, the, um, you know the, the the South wasn't it that the South used to be a lot more Democratic and the North used to be more Republican, so clearly um, things changed over the years. No, they really haven't. Well, then how explain the switch of the parties from the North and the South? There, there was no switch. <laughs> like people, well, first of all, very early on, all of the former slaves and the former. Um, oppressed people, all of the former slaves, they always voted Republican because the Republicans were the ones who had freed them. They always voted Republican. Okay. And then women started voting and most women voted Republican. Okay. Um, especially at the time they started voting because the, I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh, at the time they started voting, it was when the Democratic Party brought out the Ku Klux Klan and restarted it. Okay. Just for fun. Woodrow Wilson, look it up. Okay. And they would vote Republican because, you know, and so things started, it was more voters, but as things started to change in the South, um, and there were more there were more black voters and there were more white voters who were unsegregated now and they got to know black people and they're like, hey, black people aren't, aren't that bad. As the South became less, because right now the South is always portrayed as stupid racist idiots who like fuck their cousins, which isn't true, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the South became less racist, that's when they started voting Republican. And the Northern states, they've started voting more de democratically as the larger cities, well, as the larger cities became the larger cities and they had higher populations. And cities like Chicago and New York were controlling the world 
and controlling the country and they would and liberals were drawn to those cities okay i think i'm i'm, I'm seeing what you're saying because like you totally mind fucked me there for a minute because like i'm thinking like no, like, you know, back in, you know, year whatever, 1800, you know, the, 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 the South was, you Yeah, know, there's this... But, but, but I see what you're saying, that it wasn't, it wasn't that the parties switched ideologies, it's that the eligible voters in those places, the, the, the voting bodies changed, the populations, you, you know what I mean? The, yes. the voting populations changed, not the, not the, not the, the basics of the parties. I get what you're saying now. Okay. Yes, yes. And there there's this big myth that first of all, there's this big myth that Republicans voted against the Civil Rights Act, which isn't true. They're the yeah, ones who majority fucking, voted yeah. for it and passed it. But there's this myth that we teach in history classes because, you know, liberals control the education. Oh yeah. That after that vote, all the pissed off Racist Democrats were like, I'm going to go be a Republican now because they don't like black people and I want to continue not liking black people. They went to the Republican side and the Republicans that weren't racist and wanted to be all tolerant and shit went to the Democratic side. It's this myth we teach in history. Okay. I follow Um, you. Yeah, and that's when people are like, that's when the party switched. I'm like, no, they didn't switch. Their platforms didn't switch. And they point to Strom Thurmond switching parties. And he's like the only one around that time that switched parties. There was like a handful, not a handful. There were a couple other guys at that time who switched parties, but that wasn't the majority. Yeah, they were really isolated incidents. I see what you're yeah. saying. That's fascinating. I never I knew that. I can send you a video. Um, okay. Dinesh D'Souza in Hillary's America. Oh, God, he, I love him. Yeah. In Hillary's America, he details it, and he talks about how the Democratic Party is actually really rooted and based in this racism. Yeah. And their first president was one of the most racist, horrible men you could think of. But Well, like, that's the thing is, you know, and, and it's I'm, I'm trying to word this nicely. It's very frustrating to me. When I see so many black people that I know that are just blindly democratic with with really no reason other than the fact that they've been brainwashed. Well, and, you know, yes, there, there's, there's that there's there's all kinds of intelligent, educated black people that are Republican. You know, my favorite quote, uh, you know, Charles Barkley, uh, you know, poor people have been voting Democrat for 50 years. They're still poor. You know what I mean? Oh, I love I I've loved Charles Barkley for a long time before he said that because he's normal. Yeah. But. Well, and and I, uh, and I just posted a thing recently about uh, what Condoleezza Rice said. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I mean, there's I a lot of people. Too. There's a lot of people that have, that are smart to to the bullshit, and then and then you've also got people that you know they don't sit. They're, they're not stupid. They're not morons, and but yet they still push the bullshit that the Democrats push. Yeah, exactly. And one of the reasons that so many like black and Hispanic voters are blackmailed, it's basically blackmail into voting Democrat and why Democrats push these social programs. And that goes back to Lyndon B. Johnson. They push these social programs because 
they can get people dependent on those social programs. And once they become dependent on those social programs and have no other way of making a living or getting what they need, then they will feel loyalty to the party. And whenever the other guy, when the Republican is like, I want to cut spending in that program, I want to reform it, or I want to cut that program, it, they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. They're, you're evil. Yeah. And all the Democrats have to do is say, you're evil. You know, people are dependent on that. And the people that are dependent on that are like, yeah, we are dependent on that. That's Fuck. like me- Medicare is like, like Lyndon B. Johnson was an evil genius. Um, oh, yeah. He, I, I love how uh, he's romanticized now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The guy was, the guy was definitely racist. Oh, he he was, and Kennedy hated him. They only picked him to win Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Kennedy hated him, and Kennedy was um, he was almost a complete opposite of him. Kennedy, and I hate the term centrist. Kennedy was more of he was actually almost a libertarian. Okay, almost like he wanted to end the Fed, and he was in motions to do that, and. I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe in all those conspiracy theories, but, you know, if he wanted to end the Fed and he was about to start looking into doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's there's a reason why the JFK assassination conspiracy is like that's the mother of all conspiracy theories, because it is the most, you know, there's so many motivations. There's so much, you know, compelling argument you know what i mean that's why it is the mother of all conspiracy stories because it has the best you know the, the most evidence in favor does that make sense yes that makes sense and and it's weird it's weird and people say lg lg lbj i was saying i was trying to say ljb lbj was acting weird that day like he was very prepared to do what he had to do but when he was bringing forth all these uh program and spending legislations he was saying um oh this is what president kennedy would have wanted and no he wouldn't have because (laughs) it was extra stupid spending yeah and kennedy i think he was going to also try and cut some of the programs from the great depression that were supposed to be temporary really yeah that's interesting but he really wanted to end the fed because he knew it was ass cancer then (laughs) and but LBJ, I think he saw what, because that was the time the baby boomers were being born, were being born, and he saw what could happen if he had something like Medicare, which would manipulate old people yep. into voting for him for not voting for him, but voting for the Democratic Party forever. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, because if you get people not planning for their own retirement, yep. And depending on the government to have it ready for you. And then when they're old and there's no money left, they're going to want more money. So who are they going to go to? The people that are telling them they'll give them more money or the people that are saying you this shouldn't have existed in the first place? Well, that's the thing is, you know, a lot of the Republican platform is, you know, um, telling you things that are hard to hear on your little earsies you know they're they're rough truths they're not, it's not what you want to hear it's not coddling and holding your hand you know what i mean and that's what exactly. that's what makes that you know it, it's not as sexy democratic party is sexy you know what i mean their platform is sexy their platform is you know do less and we'll give you more it, it's sexy 
There's nothing sexy about, you know, suck it up. You fucked up. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I can't really, I can't blame people for using government programs because they exist. Like, mm-hmm. if they exist, why not use them? Because I know people that lose their jobs and they feel bad about getting unemployment who are who are conservative or like asking or applying for food stamps and welfare and stuff. But they exist, you know, they exist for that reason. And while it exists, you should participate in it. But that doesn't mean that you should depend on Medicare for your retirement. Here's my here. I got to interject. I, I talked about this with my wife on the porch just like a day ago. I've got to bring this up to you. This is a perfect opportunity to fucking bring this up. Because I saw fucking, what's her cunt? Fucking, uh, oh shit, uh, uh, Dark Knight, bitch. Fucking face. Anne Hathaway. So punchable. Yes, Anne Hathaway. I saw a fucking video on her on Facebook with a little soft piano music playing in the background about paid maternity leave. And I almost had a fucking seizure. Oh, oh my you, God. Mean, you mean millionaire Anne Hathaway who could, <laughs> who could open up a charity where you raise money for women who can't afford to take maternity leave. It's so amazing that me and your mind, our minds went to the exact same place when I started thinking about it. Like, oh my God, it's like, it's hard hard for me to go through the the process as to why paid maternity leave is a total crock of horseshit because, you know, it's like talking to myself because me and you are already on the same page. It's only bad for women. It's bad for women. Yes, it is. Exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, forcing companies to uh-huh. give paid maternity leave. Yep. I think if a company wants to do that and they want to take on that expense or they have an insurance plan that allows for that, yeah, that's fine, but don't make companies do it. It makes women less well, see, likely to be hired. I'll go I'll go beyond that. I th- in my opinion, it should only ever be funded by charity or you know, here's a thought, your own personal fucking savings. Um, oh yeah, it's not like you the, have the nine. Is, is, even even letting the company do it, you know, it's a benefit that is reaped solely by the female employees. So if I'm a male well, employee some working there, now are starting to have paternity leaves, and but, that's even more horseshit. Yeah, yeah. Usually the guy will take off like two weeks, and that'll be his vacation for the year. Well, that's the point. You know, I, I get off two weeks, and you know, she gets off eight. Hey, equality. You know yeah. what I mean? That's gonna piss me off as an employee. That's not even remotely close to fair. I don't think I don't think employers or the government should be providing paid maternity leave, period. If you can't afford to take off work for however many months that you're planning to take off for your pregnancy, guess what? You can't afford a fucking kid. Don't have one. Well, I'm I'm super old school when it comes to this, but I, I truly believe it. <laughs> okay. So let me get all, like, medieval 1950s on you. Go for it. Okay. So I believe that we should be encouraging women to have babies when they are either married or in some kind of very committed long-term relationship. Okay? That's – I don't think women should be having babies to raise themselves – because, first of all, that's not good for the child. I could not but, agree more. But that's not good for society in general. But you should have a double income 
Right. Like, and obviously if something horrible happens, like, you know, your husband dies in a car crash while you're four months pregnant, you know, that's a well, completely see, different story. But there, that's, there, there's another wheelhouse that I'm <laughs> well versed in is single motherhood. <laughs> oh god. There, there's a fucking trigger word for me is fucking single motherhood. Cause oh, me, that that can be that can be like an entire five hour episode. Well see the thing is, is I've tried to bring up single motherhood on Facebook and stupid bimbos on Facebook see the words single mother and they all they just start hacking away on the keyboard, getting defensive as fuck, without reading a single word that I type. They just see that I'm making a stance against single motherhood and just fill in the blanks themselves and go on the attack without listening to anything that I say. Because women who end up as single mothers, not of any plans of their own, but get fucked over and stuck in that position, I'm not demonizing you. You know, if your plans did not go according to the way that you wanted that, you know, you wanted to be in, you know, a relation, you know, whatever, I'm not demonizing you, you know, and I'm not really demon, I'm not really interested in demonizing any one person. I'm demonizing the idea of glorifying and glamorizing single motherhood as if it's some kind of equal alternative to, you know, a a two-parent household, a nuclear family. Yeah, and this isn't to say that, like, if things aren't working out, you should ha- just stay married for no. the kids. No, yeah, no, absolutely not. That's 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 actually horrible for the kids. Absolutely. But if you get divorced, you need to make sure the other parent is in their lives, unless they're abusive and all that. But there needs to be equal involvement in the in their lives, and none of this bullshit of oh, I need to move across the country for a job. Like mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen. Nope. It just shouldn't. You need to make. You need to make choices to be able to be around your kids. Like I, I don't get why that's so hard. See, it's you really, shouldn't... it's really hard for me to sympathize with people because I have the, I have a tendency of um, weeding out shit in the sense that, like, you know, I have a child out of wedlock, not with my wife. And, you know, we have a yeah, great... Yeah, that's kind of what that means. We, we have a great arrangement that's not court-ordered. It's worked out between us because guess what? We both have the best interests of our daughter. That's number one. Not, you know, I told you so or making the other one look bad or any other selfish motivation. We both have our daughter's interests. That, that That's our number one interest. As a result, me and her are very civil. We've never had any problem. Like, you know, ever since we broke up, we've had no problems because we're both civil, rational people. But see, not everyone is so fortunate. There's yes. a lot There's a lot of trash out there. And the trash loves to, you know, combat with the other trash. And the kid is the one who ends up suffering because of it. Yes, exactly. And how far away do you live from your kid? It's not far, right? Um... 30, 35 minutes, and I, I I get her on the weekends. She's with my mom tonight, but um, yeah. normally I get so, her Friday night through Sunday morning. Yeah. So if you, but if she called you and was like, "Dad, I need you to come and get me right now." Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's three you, and a half. She doesn't have a cell phone yet, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like yeah, but Absolutely. if she was in trouble uh-huh. or something horrible happened to her, you would be able to get there relatively quickly. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. To to help and aid her or whatever. Or if she's having problems with her mom, she would be able to call you or you could go pick her up for ice cream or whatever and she could talk. Yep. That's what I think is like most important for a parent and for a child is to be, you have to be available to your kids. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And obviously that can't happen 24 seven, but we have so much technology now where you can be in contact with them, but you need to make responsible choices about where you're living and making sure that you can make it to your kids. And you, there's no reason, there is no reason why you need to be across the country or in another state. Like, or like, obviously if you're across the border of a state that they live in, that's different. But you do, like I live in Chicago suburbs, and if someone who lived here is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a job in California," you know, that's what I'm talking about. Well, that's and I'm sorry. You, you have that a, was a rant. You, well, no, you, you have a lot of people in this country, men and women both, that put more priority on their careers than they do anything else. More, especially especially single moms do that. I didn't want to say it, but you said it, so we'll let it well, go. Well, I have a vagina, so it's not. <laughs> But no, I mean, the people don't have good priorities. That's the best way to put it. Uh, they prioritize their career over, you know, because they think that career success is going to just have a trickle-down effect on their life and everything's going to work out, you know. Well, good. and they prioritize their career and they prioritize their relationships. hmm And, sorry, you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you can try, try and date, but whoever you're dating shouldn't come before your kid. No. Like, and if your kid isn't, if your kid just has this instinct and doesn't get along with whoever you want to bring into your life and bring into their lives and potentially have them be their step parent, if they just, and not just cause they're mad cause you, they feel like the step, the potential step parent is, going to be replacing their real parents but they just don't like them and they have this contentious relationship with them you should dump that person right away because kids are always right with that shit yeah they are always right well i wouldn't go always sometimes people have shit kids but no i get what you're saying for the most part if your kid's not a you know uh out of control piece of shit and if he is you've got other things to worry about what is that it's like it's like oppositional defiance disorder mm-hmm. where the kid will just say no and scream and yell for no reason about everything. Yeah. yeah. Even things that they want. Like if they're playing with a toy and the mom is like, you should continue playing with that toy. The kid will yeah, 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 yeah. will start saying, no, I don't want to play with this toy yeah. and cause a tantrum. Those kids might not be the best judges of people, mm. but you know, kids are like dogs. They they, they know. I mean, they really are. They know. They know. And there's there's so many uh, former single moms who get married or date these skis bag men and bring them around their children. And I, that just makes me so mad that people do that. But you, your kid comes first. It's not an option. I agree. Uh, you, you said your daughter's three? Three and a half, yep. Three and a half. Uh, is your ex, uh, you weren't married, but no. yeah, she's still your ex. Thank uh, God. I pr- oh my, you have no idea how thankful I am that I wasn't married. Because if you're, and you know, 
Once again, this is nothing against marriage. It's against the fucking stupid goddamn laws we have in this country. Because if, you know, say, you know, just to simplify it, me and you have a kid out of wedlock, and then me and you break up. It's very easy if me and you are civil people to say, hey, we're, this is going to be the arrangement. They're going to come over on this day. I'm going to give you X amount of dollars a month because, you know, uh, the, the kid's with you more, so that's fair. Um, you know, we can work it out if we're two civil people. But that same, us same people in the context of a divorce with a kid involved, um, automatically me and you each have to have an attorney and that attorney can manipulate either me or you to go, oh, no, 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 no. You're not just going to work out some verbal agreement. Then all of a sudden yeah. the whole thing gets complicated. Now all of a sudden there's a court order and it literally artificially creates a conflict where there did not normally exist one. Yeah. That's what you divorce does. You don't have to have an attorney for divorce proceedings, but like my dad didn't, or he had one, but then he fired him and then my mom screwed him over horribly. Uh, but if you don't have an attorney, you are going to get screwed. There's a good documentary on Netflix called Divorce Corp. I think it's still on Netflix. Well, wait, wait, I watch time it. Out, time out. Time. 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 You just said there's a good documentary on Netflix. Yes, there are some good documentaries. Those on Those exist on Netflix. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm watching a, a fucking show right now called Glow, and it's called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it's about a wrestling promotion in the '80s that was. You know, there was a woman's, you know, wrestling company. Yeah, I've and seen the ads for it. I swear to God. Well, you, it's even in the fucking ads. They can't help themselves but fucking just constantly interject the fucking, oh, yeah, I get it. Women can do anything a guy can do. <laughs> like, I get, the, you know, and it is the fucking 80s. It's not 2017. So that stuff was relevant then. But it's just constantly... Sort of. Like, I can't... Sort of it was, but sort of it wasn't. It, there was a lot of media hype. The media was sexualizing everybody and then complaining that everybody was sexualized. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, it's almost like that happens still. Yeah, that's that's been happening since forever, for the most part. Uh, in the 60s, they didn't do it so much because there were more people in charge oh, who would fuck fight it. against that. Speaking of documentaries and Netflix, another one to check out is called, I think it's called Nobody Speaks, and it's about Gawker versus Hulk Hogan and the Hulk yeah, Hogan sex date. Yeah, my friend told me about that one. Hulk Hogan. Son of a fucking bitch. I started watching it, and I swear to, I think it was even during the fucking intro. Within like two minutes... They're talking about Trump. And I thought, wait a minute. I thought this documentary was supposed to chronicle the case of, you know, Hulk Hogan, Terry Balea versus Gawker. And they and they just constantly keep relating things to Trump. And I'm like, how in the fuck is this relevant to what the fuck you're talking about? And okay. it, like the, the whole documentary, they're trying to paint Gawker in this like, you know, oh, First Amendment rights. And, you know, they're trying to paint Gawker in a positive light throughout the whole documentary. They, they, I don't, I don't know how they got the sex tape. How did they get it? Was it stolen or given to them? No, it was leaked. It was leaked illegally. It was, okay. Well, no, here, so here's, they, here's the thing. It was videotaped by uh, Bubba. You know, he videotaped, he videotaped Hulk and his wife having sex. Now, I'm not sure what's true as far as who knew about the tape, but to the best of my knowledge, all three of them knew about the tape. However, Hulk Hogan did not 
say, sure, do whatever the fuck you want with this. I'm cool with it. He definitely did not give that permission. So for anyone to distribute said tape would be illegal. Well, Gawker got a hold of the video and then published it under the excuse that, oh, well, Hulk Hogan's a public figure. So this is news relevant. How yeah, in the you fuck you, you come up with that logic escapes me because if he was having if he was having sex in public yeah maybe that in a public, yeah but in no, a public this is place in a private private the confines of a, of a home a private residence and under that logic that means that okay you're basically saying that a celebrity from the time that they willingly become a celebrity until the day that they die they've given up all forms of privacy whatsoever if you manage to tape them through illegal means or not they've completely surrendered their right to privacy for the rest of their life totally so if, yeah. if, if the paparazzi sneaks a camera into their bedroom and tapes them fucking they're legally allowed to show that because it's newsworthy kiss my fucking ass yeah, and if I go into Bradley Cooper's house and watch him change clothes and take pictures for personal reasons, that's okay because he's famous. Yeah, that's literally, that was the case that Gawker was making. And I'm like, is it any fucking wonder you guys went under? Now, I mean, shit came out later about the people that were actually funding the trial and all that other shit, and that's a whole other story. But the basis of the, uh, the, their basis of the defense for Gawker, I mean, it just, it fucking escaped me that they thought that this, that they're actually going with that? That's their fucking argument? How can they bring, oh, oh, they're saying that Trump quashes, that, oh God, I, I need to listen to Ben Shapiro's podcast because I'm sure he's watched it because that's a case that he would be interested in and see how pissed off he is about it because he, he's really good at being pissed off about Wait, things. Which, which, which thing are you talking about? About... About that documentary and how it's a basic Oh, Shapiro talks of, about that? I'm not sure, but he, if he has watched it, he will. That's true. Because he he does that and he rant. Like, I don't agree with Shapiro 100% of the time. Yeah, I, think he's, I think he's wrong on on a few things. Like, I agree with him a lot. But There's I think very there little that I, that I disagree with him on. But yeah, no, there are things that I've disagreed with him on. And I'm, I, I, I'm sure Shapiro would tell you, good, I don't want you to agree with me on every fucking thing that I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might... There is, like, one topic that I think I might actually have decent argument for him with. I would love to hear but... that. Please go on. Please continue. <laughs> Well, it's death penalty and criminal justice reform. Okay, go on. He's He says that he, on his show, he said it several times, and in his talks he said it several times, that he thinks rapists should be castrated or killed, and he thinks that if you kill someone, you should be killed. Okay. Okay, yeah. Well, first of all, the government shouldn't have the right to kill anyone. Like, I don't care who they are. Okay. I'm against the death penalty on that stance. I'm also against the death penalty for the stance of our justice system is not perfect. No, no. Absolutely it, it, not perfect. And it is so fucking easy to convict someone. Yeah, falsely convict someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, well, a really, really good documentary that totally turned my opinions on uh, 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 on the death penalty was, uh, have you ever seen Penn and Teller bullshit? 
Uh, I've seen clips from it. I don't think I've ever watched the whole show. They did one on the death penalty, and that's what that's what changed my mind because they they chronicle all of these stories of people that are in prison and people that were like literally sentenced to the death penalty, and then the prosecution, you know, revealed you know other evidence they had, and you know, okay, yeah, they weren't they didn't actually kill them. We just wanted to prove we could win the case. You know what I mean? Shit like that, and it makes you think, like, you know, what happens if they wouldn't have? You know, exactly. they tried someone and found them guilty of, you know, murder or whatever it was, and they were sentenced to death. Like, they were able to do that, no, like, you know, and it, it, it's just, it's amazing. It, it, it is amazing, and it's it's scary. It, yeah, it is very, very scary. scary. Yeah. You, want, you want the justice system to be as perfect as it can be, yep. because if you are ever, if you are ever at mercy at, at it because maybe you committed a crime you would want to be treated fairly uh-huh. and or even or even the worst possible case if you didn't if you didn't do nothing yeah didn't if you do actually nothing. if you actually didn't do nothing yeah and you are put on trial and you want it to be the best trial it can be so you have a fair shot mm-hmm. um but in a perfect system, you wouldn't be on trial because they would have not been able to press charges because they obviously didn't have enough evidence yeah. because you did do nothing and you <laughs> didn't do nothing. So they can't they shouldn't be able to convict you. Also, the majority of people who are put on juries are stupid. And that's just because oh, of yeah, the time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because of the uh, the way they, you know, random jury selection. Well, people who work don't show up people who work yeah, exactly oh, don't show up for those absolutely. things absolutely yep the the uh, um, <laughs> yep yeah and people who make a decent amount of money aren't going to show up because they you get i it's different in every state and every county and in every district and i so i don't know how it is where everybody else lives in the world and there are other people who are not from the US so i don't know how that works but if you but trials take place. They start really early in the morning and they go until about four or five o'clock, yep. depending on the trial. Sometimes they'll go later. So you need people who will be available from the hours of 8 a.m. to 5, maybe 6 yeah. p.m. Those are prime working hours. So you're going to get a lot of uh, maybe you'll get like maybe overnight people. But they can't really do it because their circadian rhythm will be off. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. And it blows my mind with jury duty that, that we still have that system because literally it's like, okay, yeah, you, you got called for jury duty. You might be on a fucking trial for God knows how long. And it's going to be from, you know, like you said, 8 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. And we're going to give you $20 a day, um, you know. and Yeah, some, some places... Some states, I think, or some areas, whatever, will reimburse you for the day's work or will, like, pay you minimum wage. But, oh, boy. Yeah. But, like, if you, they're paying minimum wage and you make $50 an hour, yeah, uh, are you going to want to do jury that. duty? No. Yeah, so the people who end up on jury duty are usually unemployed, uh, have part-time jobs, uh, are housewives, or are old people. Yeah. Or are, like, physically handicapped. 
Cassie, I think you've just described a jury of my peers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was promised, right? A jury of my peers. That sounds like my peers. And I, I get it. I get that sounds like a good idea in theory. Oh, it sounds like a horrible idea in theory. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, I mean the jury of your peers. Oh, okay, okay. Sounds like if it's actually your peers. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea in theory. Yeah. But when you get down to it, and I don't <laughs> like the idea of having maybe a professional jury. Because if you have professional juries, there's the tendency to get uh, bribed oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Uh -huh. So there needs to be some kind of system. More of you could have people make it more of a volunteer thing or have some kind of charities that will make up people's lost wages mm -hmm. or have people volunteer, just volunteer to serve, I guess, and have people rotate. I mean, the reason why they do, they do uh, judges for life, like, then you can't like vote them out. Like they are in elections and you can vote them out, but you can't, you have to vote. It's either, will you retain this person or will you not? And other, and as long as you say yes, and most judges are retained, the reason they do that is so that they're it's so they won't be so much influenced by the public to make decisions and rulings. Yeah. And that's why they're usually appointed. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they can't be really urged or pressured by the public to keep their jobs like politicians are. Yeah. And I get that. And maybe something like that with like professional juries but I would kind of, pull, I don't know, like law enforcement or lawyers to sit on juries more because yeah, yeah. they know those issues more or like people who are already educated in those issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. It's just maybe not, maybe not cops. It depends. It really does depend on the and the case and it's so hard, but I feel like there needs to be a better system. And it, I'm not the person who can necessarily come up with that because, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in musical theater. <laughs> so <laughs> I've watched a lot of law and order and uh, a lot of investigation discovery, but I, I am not the one for legal reform.